Hello again, Team NXT, and thank you once again, big time, for listening. I'm your host, CD Danny Mac, the voice that is your choice for NXT discussion. It's all about the UFP show that talks about the NXT show, the Undisputed Future Podcast, episode 96. Unbelievable. On the road to 100. Cannot wait for episode 100. Planning a very special panel amongst a few of my closest friends who have hosted the show with me in the past. Special shout out to Nikki Six. Thank you again for joining me on the NXT on USA debut episode 95, which I'm very glad it synced up that way. Fives and zeros tend to have a special place on this podcast, even though I did skip a week and now confirmed for, well, I'm getting all over the place with just the thorough excitement I have for professional wrestling in October. Plenty of options almost every single day of the week. Something is guaranteed, and with the options of streaming and on-demand every day, including that Thursday, is a win. Monday Night Raw, Tuesday Night Impact Wrestling, Wednesday nights, you know where I'll be, NXT on USA Live making its two-hour debut premiere on Wednesday, October 2nd, lining up with AEW Dynamite on TNT, and I'm a big fan of puns, love the name of the show, and uh, give me your thoughts on that one. I hear it's a little bit of a controversial subject, Revolution, also an alternative name, I believe I read upon the many sources available on social media, especially out there on Wrestling Twitter. Be sure to follow the show at podcast underscore UF, my primary form for reaching out for the discussion that will break out when the Wednesday Night Wars, a war on weekday nights returning to the world of professional wrestling. And I grew up amongst the prime mid-90s forming of the NWO, WCW upon that 83 win streak they had against WWF at the time. A lot of Households did not necessarily approve of the Attitude Era programming, so you would always have to watch at a friend's house or your cousin's house who were bigger fans of WWF. So a little bit of a Monday Night War happening within my own family tree. Great times in the 90s. Cannot wait to see how this revolution of a Wednesday Night War breaks out and the talent that we get to see on the big stages of TNT and the USA Network. Of course, geography may apply. A lot of wrestling happenings besides that one. A big return, at least in my book, for WWE. You know him by many names. Johnny Nitro, Johnny Mundo, John Hennigan, John Morrison, former WWE Tag Team Champion under one name, and of course, the returning name will, of course, have an ECW Championship reign under his belt. You wouldn't know it from the style, but new blood and kind of like what we now know the NXT system as times about 100 or so without the three initials, but a lot of meaningful superstars such as Kofi Kingston and Sheamus just off the top of my head. Of course, a few of the originals. I'm rambling about ECW when it's all about NXT and I haven't announced who's returning yet. John Morrison. This ain't no make-believe signing a new contract with WWE, another hot free agent that could honestly go to either brand at this time. Mr. Friday Night Tuesday Night Delight, Wednesday Night Delight, Friday Night Delight. He's gone by 
so many of them, so it doesn't really matter. Maybe go to Mondays on Raw just to uh, just to see what happens there and kind of round it out like a bingo chart. Anyway, Jomo, happy to return. Also kind of in the back of my head, like a lot of things I've been reading up and down the timeline, I think is a good idea. A possible reunion as a tag team with The Miz. If Jomo comes back as a babyface, the hot streak that Miz is on, father of the year at this point, uh, Miz, Miz and Miz has taken off another show on the USA Network that kind of became guilty pleasure reality television upon my free time. Anyway, Jomo and Miz as a tag team again would love to see it, and especially the return of the dirt sheet would be very appropriate in this time of professional wrestling social media. Live two-hour for NXT debuts next week, October 2nd, and even has a conveniently placed pre-show at 7.30. As if next week could not feel more like a takeover. Championship stacked. The women's championship on the line. Shayna Baszler versus Candice LeRae. A tag team championship rematch between the SP and the UE. Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins. The Street Profits versus the Undisputed Ever representing Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish and just added most recently Johnny Gargano versus Shane Thorne, which could be one hell of a breakout match for these two gentlemen. And just based on how things seem to be going and my optimism shooting through the roof, Walter versus Kushida also seems like a possibility that's up in the air. But let's talk about the September 25th edition of NXT television, the second week in a row, USA Network live for the first hour, second hour you can catch on the WWE Network replay. Found it kind of funny that when I looked to it, it only seemed like the second hour was up, and the first hour that premiered live was not was not queued up already. I found that rather strange. Not sure if anybody else managed to catch that at this time. Big bros. We're brawling this week, though, everybody. Team NXT, we saw Keith Lee versus Dominic Dijakovic 3 for this opening unbelievable spectacle of a match. A word I probably should be saving for takeovers, but this match, this rivalry, is takeover worthy. Think of how many great NXT non-championship rivalries that have come and gone. Ty Dillinger versus Eric Young and the and the rest of Sanity at the time. Right now and recently, the representing member of, at the time, Sanity, Killian Dane versus Matt Riddle in an absolute brawl of a main event that we saw a street fight round two this evening. So many great rivalries across the time periods of NXT's history. Johnny Gargano versus Tommaso Ciampa in the beginning stages, just for what it was. Not about the championship, just a cruel change of heart by the Blackheart. Really getting you emotionally invested there. Velveteen Dream versus Aleister Black. Say my name. Yeah, the words that made Velveteen Dream a household name, propelling him to NXT Superstar Rivalry of the Year. Unbelievable stuff we have seen in the past outside of the championship scene. And that's one reason to love NXT upon the thousands I could sit here and list to you. 
But having the investment in something that isn't a championship and just a pure blood brawl with such animosity driving it, and you have these talents like Keith Lee and Dominic Dijakovic, which I'm probably just going to initial down to Dijak for the remainder of this conversation. I'm sorry if that annoys anybody, but that's a hard last name to say on a repeated basis. You uh, you want your own NXT-based discussion and have to repeat that so many times. Of course, I'm kidding. Do not stop listening because this host tends to be a dick sometimes. Let's talk about the big men. Let's talk about the big offense and the huge strides of athleticism. Moonsault from Moonsault. Lee, then Dijak. The crazy tope by Keith Lee. The man knows no bounds, which is why he is the limitless one. You have to. You are forced to feast your eyes on Dominic Dijakovic. His height, his strength, his demeanor, the way that he just brawls it out, the way you know that he can strike from any moment and move the way that he does. These two big men are making a big impact with this rivalry. And the craziest, over-the-top, literally, up and over and over again from the top. There's Code Reds. There's Code Blue. Shout out to me, Yim. But this, there has to be some sort of color chart that I'm missing because calling it a Code Red, calling it even a Panama Sunset after the NXT champion Adam Cole... Bebe's move just doesn't seem like big enough. I've uh, I've limited it down to something that I deemed a code crimson, a Canadian destroyer, going back to the roots of the name of the move, from the top rope of these, just the big neck of Keith Lee landing that hard, and Dominic Dijakovic's height to keep himself aerial for that long of a time. To be able to launch this move on this large of an opponent. Unbelievable stuff. We saw a double count out for the first round of this rivalry. We saw Dijak walk out with a huge win on NXT TV. But on the big stage in the third and certainly not final match we had between these two gentlemen. A sit up and roll through by Keith Lee after a huge moonsault by Dijak. The look in his eyes with such intensity, such drive to strive up and over and keep his grip and landing a big bang catastrophe on to Dijakovic for a series tying across the board 1-2-3-W. Great match, great stuff. It's such a hot start to a live television broadcast showing these guys who shouldn't look like it that they can do the things that they just did and go out there and do them that's how you start a show that's how you hook if there's if there's anything that the figures and all the stuff is is going out and people are getting adjusted to the fact that they can watch nxt on demand on the wwe network for the foreseeable future don't worry about that don't worry, you don't have stock. Chances are that people who listen to this and a homegrown grassroots solo guy podcast, you have nothing invested in the USA Network or TNT at this point. Sit there, be a fan, enjoy as many forms of pro wrestling as you can. Do not worry about a dip in viewership. Were you one of the ones viewing? Worry about that. 
because you saw a great match between two unbelievable, unbelievable talents. These two guys have the size and the look and the demeanors and the charisma and everything that you could want in a packaged superstar having a rivalry of this magnitude. And I use magnitude quite literally because there were a lot of earthquake shattering feeling moments during this match. High impact, high intensity with high speed, but Keith Lee gets the win over Dominic Dijakovic. Great match. Cannot really say much more than that. Maybe the Street Profits could uh, could build the hype around more. Montez Ford, a hype man on Monday Night Raw, is the premier of the two on the mic, in my humble opinion. But two of the greatest in the tag team scene look to become two time NXT tag team champions. And I love that on October 2nd, with the emphasis of tag team wrestling being put on in AEW, and with that tag team tournament that looks absolutely incredible, pulling for the Jurassic Express myself. Having a tag team title match with two teams who have this kind of chemistry and who have put on the takeover-worthy performances that we have seen, hot damn, it's going to be a good week for tag team wrestling next week. All right, Team NXT, full stop, full disclosure. I had a DoorDash delivery on the way and had to end that last segment uh to be fueled by spicy chicken nuggets. So we're carrying onward and upward from tag team division action to the return of a women's division competitor that I've been looking forward to for a very, very long time, it feels like at this point, returning from a ACL injury, the other half and founding captain of Team Kick, Dakota Kai. Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox returning from their injuries at about the same time is... It's really special. I feel like there's something there in that timing. Dakota Kai, such a likable underdog in this division. Let's let's put speculations out there for Shayna Baszler versus Candice LeRae. If Candice LeRae happens to not be able to capitalize on this underdog versus Shayna Baszler opportunity on the USA Live two-hour debut on the USA Network, maybe, just maybe... There's still that great story that Dakota Kai has with Shayna Baszler. Lots of history there. One of the first victims to that devastating elbow-arm stomp that the two-time NXT Women's Champion has been known to do to her opponents. Anyway, Dakota Kai looking great in her return against another NXT Women's Division favorite of mine, Tynara Conti. And Tynara Conti just looks better each and every match, and I mean that in the ring, and quite frankly, I'm big enough man to admit physically as well. Tynara putting the message out there that Latinas do it better, and it's very hard to disagree with that sentiment. The captain of Team Kick did go strike for strike with Tynara just a bit in this matchup. Tynara looking real good with her martial arts background on display. A black belt judoka with Brazilian jiu-jitsu in her arsenal, and of course, a strong striking game as well. But once Dakota Kai hits that hot streak and the kicks start flying, a lethal kick-for-kick kick big bicycle kick by Kai. Roundhouse by Tynara of her own, referring back to her own striking game, but the kick's advantage always with the captain of Team Kick. I really enjoyed that this was a martial arts-based opponent, for Kai's return, really being able to display a similar offense with a bit more 
of a grappling game that you think might seal the advantage for Tynara after her most recent matches looking good against the bad and bougie ones in Aaliyah and Vanessa Bourne. Various others rising through this division, NXT Women's Division looking to step up and nobody is stepping aside in the process. Great Fatal 4-Way last week, really enjoyable women's match this week. Dakota Kai returns in a big way with a face wash to a GTK, a go-to-kick. Not necessarily sure how I feel about that name quite yet, but it's a great finisher. Nice to see Kai pick up right where she left off with a bit of success in singles action. Kai victorious over Tynera Conti. There's that fitting point of Shayna coming up against these underdog competitors from this Candice LeRae matchup. Candice is going to look real good next week, but I don't know if there's enough time to really build to that person who can take down Shayna Baszler and end the Queen of Spades reign at the top of this division. She has Shafir and Duke in her corner. Johnny Gargano has faced the odds and the numbers before, so you can draw similar parallels with her to her husband just for the immediate need of a story, I feel. With that said, could not be more happy that Candice LeRae is standing on her own as a competitor in the title picture, not just being looked at as Mrs. Gargano as we've seen in stories past. Dakota Kai can also tell that great story because of the injury history. I put you out once, then you got hurt again. Are you really looking for a third time to fall to an injury? And that's the story Shayna Baszler is capable of telling. That's the message that she's able to send out to the entire women's division as we've seen before. The Fatal 4-Way last week had three of her arguably best matchups in recent takeovers. Probably going as far back as when Io Shirai was last challenging for the title and she was in that matchup. At TakeOver 25, very memorable match. Her one with Mia Yim, you know, it was okay. It was okay. I liked seeing Yim keep to her roots and doing whatever it takes style, but Shayna Baszler threw that right back at her with her submission and innovations. <clears throat> Excuse me. Bianca Belair, great showing of her own, put down by Baszler twice in a similar fatal four-way circumstance, that one happening to be for the championship. So Belair, I feel, can shift shows with the hot streak that she's been on, and this women's division can be in good hands, and you can build a comfortable, confident persona in Vanessa Bourne, in Aaliyah, let the hires start to get the rise and kind of take that really egotistical spot in the division, and Bianca Belair is ready, really, for the spotlight. All right, how I strayed that far away from Dakota Kai and Candice LeRae's title shot next week. Great return, great action to look forward to in the women's division. Just an remark- a absolutely remarkable card for next week. Uh, I'm going to talk about the street fight in the second hour in just a moment, but I just want to pause while I'm in this talking about championship match spirit. It's a takeover in the middle of the week. There's the 7.30 pre-show that I mentioned before. There's two hours, two live hours of NXT action on, on what feels like a monumental day, just the second day in October of 2019. This is 
I mean, if you're a fan of either brand, AEW, whatever you're going into for the Wednesday Night Wars, just enjoy whatever you want to live. Flip back and forth between channels, do it old school style, Nitro and Raw, and really hop into that moment. But watch all of the championship action on NXT that you can. We're seeing new stars built elsewhere, but we're seeing guaranteed great takeover action here. And that's going to be my pitch for watching NXT. And of course, you had to expect that. If you're listening to the longest-running independently produced NXT podcast available, thank you for going on this solo ride with me. Now, it's main event time. It's a street fight round two between Killian Dane and Matt Riddle. And I loved the start of this match. It was very hand-to-hand combat to start things off with. Matt Riddle showing his strong submission strengths earlier, segueing from Shayna Baszler to him. Not really too foreign of an idea, is it? And I really like the the in-ring action as it was. Killian Dane getting more chances to display what he can do on the wrestler's front and not just the big brutality outside of the ring assaults that we have seen really drive this very interesting and very captivating rivalry for both of these guys. Killian Dane getting a chance to shine on his own solo spotlight outside of Sanity and Matt Riddle proving why he's one of the fastest-rising stars on the elite black and gold brand of NXT. Action outside and inside the ring. It was quick. It was high speed. It was everything that you really expected these two to go at it based on the brawl that ended NXT's second hour last week. A lot of momentum behind both of these guys' actions, and you could even break the walls down at one point, and I know that's that's on the other brand that I keep referring to that I keep promising not to refer to. Just got to keep promising myself that this won't be an NXT AEW comparison podcast. Anyway, from the strength displays from both of these guys to the skies for Matt Riddle, and speaking of the original bro's strength, an Alabama slam to a floating bro. Really taking that strength to speed back-to-back. Incredible stuff. Really, really great match. I enjoyed this main event. Just absolutely divided the full-sale crowd, I feel, at a point. Guessing who would pick up the win on this one. Killian Dane on a hot streak. Matt Riddle continues his rise, though. Matt Riddle would get the best of Killian Dane, not just because of the weapons, and the outside interference, and that incredible assault with the kendo stick. Riddle with a absolute shot, and let going of the kendo stick to Killian Dane's back. The recoil, a flip, right into his hair, like some sort of California samurai. Pulls it back out, strikes Dane again. There were a lot of high points in this matchup, but that was the best and most entertaining in my book. It really came down to the submission game of Riddle, though, as entertaining as those weapon strikes were with a wrenching Fujiwara armbar for the W, really taking it to Killian Dane. The roots were sown in the beginning with the in-ring action. It followed all the way through, gave us a lot of memorable traditional things that we would expect in a street fight main event, and not just any street fight main event, but the street fight main event that would prove worthy of a number one contender to Adam Cole, Bebe's NXT championship next week. We will see Matt Riddle versus Adam Cole 
and with the undisputed entrance that the champions made at the beginning of the show, Adam Cole would make his presence known, but Matt Riddle would make his very familiar offense that we just saw well known to Adam Cole and definitely something that the leader of the Undisputed Era needs to look out for despite strutting down to the ring with title in hand. You don't belong in my league? Then he gets snatched up by a professional mixed martial artist. So Adam Cole, you're both on very high tiers. It's not maybe in your exact league, but it's in a league of a very strong and similar caliber and it's going to be a very competitive NXT Championship match next week on the live two-hour special, the takeover in the middle of the week. The last time we had a takeover at Full Sail was quite the number of years ago, 2014, early 2015. Early 2015, then we had Takeover Respect going into 16, and I really believe from 2016 onward, please feel free to prove me wrong on this. Because I like being wrong. I love when there's knowledgeable NXT fans listening along that I can learn something and not just sit here spouting my mouth off and reviewing the show. I'm pretty sure that the last takeover to take place in Full Sail was 2016. And we're getting a card just as good in the middle of the week. Once again, nice retro feel to it. When the WWE Network first launched, Arrival was in the middle of the week. A couple other ones. I want to say that Fatal 4-Way was as well. It's, it's a brand that's going to keep on delivering. It really is. We got a championship stacked lineup. We have the possibility, and I believe confirmed Johnny Gargano versus Shane Thorne. And then we have the highly, highly anticipated, maybe, of a Walter versus Kushida match. And that's, that's just something to hope on, Team NXT. And I'm not one to sit here in fantasy book too much, but... That's a match that I want to see. Hopefully we get to see that sooner rather than later because Imperium has looked great and they proved it on the main events of the second hour of NXT this week, but it kicked off with tag team action as well. Did mention the earlier tag team emphasis coming on with the tag team title match next week. NXT establishing its tag team division within these two hours this week. Oni Lorcan and Danny Burch take on Ever-Rise Couple of Canucks in Chase Parker and Matt Martell. I heard couple of Canucks earlier on the Edge and Christian podcast. I really wanted to use that one. Best of luck to Edge, by the way. Go check out the ENC pod of awesomeness. Foreseeable last episode with Edge. Edge is retiring again. Available now on your favorite podcasting platforms. Anyway, tag team division being established in NXT. Ever rise? Looking to rise to the top pretty quickly over a couple of tag team vets in Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch. Special props to Oni Lorcan this week representing the Cruiserweight division. Not just once, but twice this week, if you include that very, very stylish attire track jacket that he wore to the ring. Not just on 205, but on NXT this week as well. Everize has tag team experience on NXT though. Not exactly with the same name, but we're had a bit of a more serious appeal this time established label with the tag team name but not successful thus far suffering a loss against Brizango and might as well say it now I'll be talking about Brizango at that main event Kushida and Brizango making a very unique trio to take on Imperium I liked Everize 
I'm a fan of these these guys. They uh longtime friendships take after some great tag teams, and they're vocal in the ring. I I really like when they're shooting their mouth off, especially with Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch, and you learn that lesson pretty quickly of two guys not to sit there and attempt to shoot your mouth off at, but Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch, Danny Birch's NXT return after making a 205 Live success story on Tuesday this past week. Great tag team action between Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch versus Cruiserweight champ Drew Gulak and Tony Nese. Anyway, another solid win and a solid matchup for Orny Lorcan and Danny Birch. Ever-Rise putting on a good show, but Lorcan and Birch were able to rise above Birch with a great hot tag series of a great right hand. And one thing I loved, the finish of this match, Danny Birch calling for Orny Lorcan, Orny Lorcan rising like a phoenix from the ashes in a rage again. In case you didn't see the ending of that 205 Live match I was just talking about, this is such a great new addition to these guys. It's great, that raged face of Lorcan, and then you hit with that elevated DDT for the W. That's that's really, really good stuff. Intensity by the 1-2 punch. And one thing that was really great about this calling for from Danny Burch to Oni Lorcan... This tag team started by calling each other out in a series of matches. So they went from calling four. They went from calling out to calling four. There it is. Anyway, I'm going to apologize to you here, Team NXT. A little bit out of order with the sequencing of the second hour. It did not begin with tag team action. As great as that tag team match was, it really began... With a riptide, just realizing the error in my notes here, Rhea Ripley taking on the Cade, the formerly known as Lacey Lane, May Young Classic competitor, Caden Carter. Great size versus speeds, women's action, Lacey Lane, a very impressive competitor. Really enjoy her style, she's got a very unique look to her, really dig what she does, a lot of control on the ropes, really cruiserweight-like aspects to her offense very enjoyable to look out for in this women's division but Rhea Ripley Rhea Ripley is she's a freaking star speaking of Lacey Lane in the Mae Young Classic the first Mae Young Classic featuring Rhea Ripley just this likable Australian I don't know she was into rugby and kicking a lot and no no This Rhea Ripley first ever NXT UK Women's Champion is an entirely different creature. She's a powerhouse. She's badass. She's in your face. She's vocal. That Riptide will plant you. She kicks away the carcass of the 1-2-3 pinned body when she's done with you. Sending a message through Lacey Lane, Caden Carter, directly to Shayna Baszler. Shane's got her hands full with a couple of possible underdog stories, but another in-your-face one-on-one opponent in a match that won't end in a disqualification this time around? Rhea Ripley is a reputable competitor and possibility of ending that second reign of Shayna Baszler. And as open as the possibilities are in the NXT Women's Division right now, the hits just keep on coming. Pan over to Perrazzo and Chelsea Green known as VXT. Cannot wait to see what De- Deanna Parazzo can do 
in the shining spotlight. Chelsea Green, another very, very good competitor, someone to keep your eye on. We all know who Zack Ryder has, and props to him, buddy. Perazzo and Green will make an immediate impact. Definitely could see the women's tag team division building in NXT again. Still yet to see that set of titles defended across all three brands. So the more teams that become a possibility to face Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross, the better. Keep on building the tag team divisions across all boards. And I think NXT definitely has their eyes set on doing such things. Somebody looking to break out after a quick win over a hometown hero of mine in Sean Maluda last week on NXT Live. Somebody representing Shaolin, Staten Island, New York, hometown boy, jumped out of my seat. Sean Maluda's back on NXT on a live special, the first ever debut live special episode. Nah. Nah, Cameron Grimes squashed him, but did not get so lucky against Raul Mendoza. Raul Mendoza. Raul Mendoza, a first Cruiserweight Classic competitor to his own right, gave br- the Brian Kendrick, excuse me, I almost almost forgot his proper common pronoun there. Uh, Mendoza, great competitor, NXT veteran, something that's very hard to do, also very impressive on the circuit of 205 Live. But Cameron Grimes did end up breaking out with another victory, but it did not Come easy. Mendoza is too quick and probably too used to the spotlight on the NXT arena. A full sale faithful favorite at this point in his NXT tenure. I I just really, I don't think Grimes was ready. I don't think Grimes was ready for this kind of competition coming off that quick week last week. Mendoza with a really incredible aerial counters in his arsenal. Able to just fly into a headlock, one of the fanciest chin locks I've ever seen applied. Mendoza really impressed in this matchup. Grimes was not ready for this flurry of offense and Mendoza pulling out absolutely all of the stops. But the breakouts just keep on coming for Cameron Grimes. Taken out of the air was Mendoza, thinking he could storm for another comeback, and that double stomp by Cameron Grimes just strikes out of nowhere, and another another victory for Cameron Grimes. Cameron Grimes continuing his success since coming up just a bit short in the breakout tournament, losing, of course, to Jordan Miles. Jordan Miles, unfortunately unsuccessful in his NXT Championship match opportunity, with Adam Cole, but a great match. Definitely go back and check that one out if you haven't yet already. A lot of impressive characters in that breakout tournament. Cameron Grimes getting some, getting the majority of the spotlight. Definitely his fair share. Shane Thorne will get his grievances out again, not just about the breakout tournament, but about Johnny Gargano next week. Bronson Reed, if you're looking up and down social media, Bronson Reed's been out on the NXT live circuits. Uh, Boa's been in and out of matches lately on NXT, sticking out to me with his Taekwondo-based background. And a lot of talents to keep your eye out. Live TV debuts out on the live circuit. If you're circling the local Florida NXT live show scene, check out some of the talents that we may not get to see on the spotlight that's being presented to NXT Live right now. And I really say that with all sincerity, because NXT live events are 
it, it feels like the indie show with the big time production feel really close to home. Go back in the archives, you could hear a review of my own live experience at NXT Poughkeepsie. Really funny story about me and the Authors of Pain that I won't get into right now because I have to get into six man tag team action in Kushida and Brizango taking on the representatives of Imperium in Alexander Wolf, Fabian Eichner, and the impeccable German Marcel Bartel. And I really like this commentary point before I get into the actual in-ring action. Nigel stated during this match, all three of these gentlemen were capable of speaking German. So the strategy could be done without their opponents being able to understand. Because as far as I know, Kushida could be a bilingual in English and Japanese. Don't know if he's a trilingual in including German on that resume. And Brizango, Brizango probably speaks it conversationally, but probably not enough to the extent of athletic strategy. But great match, unique team, unique team coming together in Kushida and Brizango. Before I saw them earlier in tag team action, I thought Danny Birch and Oni Lorcan were going to be Kushida's reinforcements and really take the hard-hitting action to the technical expertise of Imperium. It was a technical match versus the dynamic and unexpected offense on both sides with Kushida and Brizango. It was it was good chemistry by Brizango and Kushida considering first time team together. Everybody knew where they needed to be. Everybody had their eyes and look out for each other and were able to set up quite beautifully. But the chemistry of Imperium cannot be matched by many. It's it's possible that they're on the tier of Undisputed Era. Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly tagging together a long time, but I think it I think it comes close with Eichner and Bartel. Just really, really similar arsenals and just able to deliver and capitalize on what the last guy was doing. Uh, another high point by the Full Cell Faithful in this one was Major Heat for hitting Tyler Breeze in the face. Those Breeze are Breeze is gorgeous chance. Don't just they're, they're not just dead air, folks. They're they're meaning something. Look at him. Prince Pretty in the house. You don't kick him in the face. So I really enjoyed the crowd interaction going on with uh, Imperium's stomps to Tyler's face. But the Kushida hot streak and undefeated streak could not be stopped in NXT. Really quick roll-up on Bartel for the W. Really dynamic offense as expected by Kushida, the submission master, but that did not have to come into play, which I thought was great. Nobody on Imperium with their own set of skills should be tapping to submissions, I don't think. Uh, Nice little sneak attack, clever win by Kushida in this one, I definitely thought was the right way to go. And Walter thought that his foot going through Kushida's face was the right way to go. The mat is sacred to Imperium. With these these personalities, let's say, with the less than serious nature as a set of fashion police, probably a great antithesis as we can hope for to Imperium. A great opposite dynamic in Brizango and the serious, sacred mindset that Walter and his and the Ring General's troops have in Imperium. Take that seriously. And Walter versus Kushida will remain on that wish list for next week. But matches that we don't have to wish for 
for next week include Johnny Gargano versus Shane Thorne. Shane Thorne running his mouth on Johnny Gargano's return and swearing NXT for life just a couple of weeks back and Shane Thorne coming off airing his grievances about not being featured more in the breakout tournament spotlight. Why would we need a tournament when a breakout store resides on this brand already? And Shane Thorne will get the biggest spotlight since his takeover appearance in TM61 against the Authors of Pain and the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic Finals, I would say. Arguably the biggest career of Shane Thorne's singles career. SP versus UE again. Gotta mention Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins versus Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish for those NXT Tag Team Championships. Emphasis on tag team action next week. Cannot wait for that title defense. Shayna Baszler versus Candice LeRae in a foreseeable underdog streak that could continue, assuming that the Queen of Spades continues her reign over that NXT locker room. But Candice LeRae is one tough cookie. I'm sorry. Candice LeRae is one tough cupcake and looks to get her hands on her first NXT Women's Championship. And of course, a solid main event, bro. Matt Riddle versus Adam Cole, baby, for the NXT Championship. Matt Riddle and Adam Cole already in a championship-worthy spotlight before. Fatal 4-Way just before TakeOver Brooklyn 4, TakeOver New York. Excuse me, TakeOver Brooklyn 5, if we want to get articulate with our numbers here. TakeOver New York, number one contender, one-on-one Adam Cole just getting the last shot on Matt Riddle. Great story going far back. These two have destined to be in a championship spotlight. Two of the biggest personalities on this brand going at it one-on-one for the title is major for this first episode of October 2019 for NXT. Two hours live next week. Get ready. You know I'll be ready. Thank you so much for listening to the show and definitely come back for this next week. And I'm saying next week because if I got to put out another episode on Friday, let everything digest again for everybody, give give wrestling fans a bit of a break, maybe get an episode in recorded before SmackDown on October 4th. That's That's my goal. That is my goal. The weekend of Hell in a Cell, I promise you, coverage of the Wednesday Night Wars, NXT, AEW, no matter what you're watching on Wednesday nights, enjoy being a professional wrestling fan. And thank you so much for listening to this wrestling fan podcast, because there's a lot of podcasts out there, people, and I enjoy nothing more than you guys getting on here and making me feel like my efforts are all worthwhile. And I'm keeping you company, whether it be on your commute, your walk to class, you're sitting around doing work. You're enjoying yourself, chilling out at home, and I'm making sure that I'm filling your head with professional wrestling conversation in the best of circumstances. Well, that makes me feel all the bit more better. I'm CD Danny Mac. Be sure to follow the show at podcast underscore UF on the Twitter, where I will be most active on my social media outreach. Shout out to all the other podcasts out there, fan-driven, grass-rooted shows. A lot of efforts are appreciated, followed for followed. If I try to listen to all you guys, 
And uh, I appreciate the mutual support and respect, especially with getting the new episode tweets up and out there to your respective followers as well. So if you're out there listening and you host your own professional wrestling podcast, I appreciate the extra effort and the extra emphasis and the support that you guys have given me. At Undisputed Future Podcast, all one word, is the Instagram. Check out Wrestling Memes. I'll put something up when episode 96 is ready to drop. You'll see pictures of the Velveteen Dog Colin. Some of the great stuff on the Instagram for your visual viewing pleasure. And for your audio pleasure, thank you so much. No matter how you're listening to this, whether it be Apple Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, all of the great interface podcasts, platforms out there that pick up the RSS feed that I'm not entirely sure where it's hosting. If you found the show, you're listening to the show, thank you so much for doing so. I'm CD Danny Mac. This has been episode 96 of the UFP show, talking about that NXT show, the Undisputed Future Podcast. And by the way, I'm still on Twitter. The namesake of this show, as of this recording, is not.